Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for December 3rd, 2022. Our bonus edition featuring featuring the 2022 Yop Poem of the Year finalists. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic held in our new space at 144 Montague Street in Brooklyn Heights. Every month, the audience votes for one Poem of the Month winner, and at the end of the year, those 12 winners face off to win Poem of the Year honors. This year's contest bracket in alphabetical order featured Bonnie Belay, Morgan Boyle, Sharon DeYoung, Bridget Duffy, Jesse Edwards, Cassidy Gabriel, Yumiko Gonzalez, Rios, Stephanie New, Lily Perry, Madeline Phillips, Jasmine Pyrrhic, and last but not least, Preeti Shah. So, let's get right to the action. You will hear the 12 winners, or 12 winners of Poem of the Month and contestants for the 2022 Yacht Poem of the Year Award, decided by audience votes, both in person at 144 Montague Street and virtually via Zoom. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get started. How you doing? We are uh, thrilled to have so many people in the house. It's, uh, it's like an uncomfortable problem when we have this many. We're certainly breaking fire codes, so certainly don't text any firemen or, or just don't, don't, say, don't say anything on social media about it. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, we're just going to have to ask you some of you to leave, which would suck. Uh, but uh, we want to have as many people here as possible. Obviously, we wish you had more seats, but uh, we would need a bigger space for that. And that shit costs money. It was hard enough to open this space. But if you are here for the first time at Brooklyn Poets, we welcome you. We're excited to have all of you here. This is uh, arguably our biggest event of the year. Uh, it's one of my favorite events. This is where the 12 finalists from Yop. Uh, the Yop Poem of the Month winners over the they're finalists for this contest, but they are winners, in fact, of Yop Poem of the Month over the course of last year. So yes, give them all a round of applause. We are going to decide one winner tonight, or possibly co-winners if we have a tie. Uh, but they're all already winners, and that's the important thing in life, in poetry, in, in whatever. Um, you should all have a ballot if you have checked in with Matt at the door. Does everyone have a ballot? It is a numbered ballot. The balloting is very important. Uh, we take this vote very seriously. We don't want to have any errors, any untoward actions. Usually when we uh, have the YOP, we vote by text message. That doesn't work for this contest because people give the phone number to people that aren't here and that's not gonna work obviously. So if you don't have a ballot, now is the time to check in with Matt right here in the Brooklyn Poets shirt. Let's give Matt a round of applause, by the way. He is doing an amazing job. And let's keep it going for Kira in the back at the bar who is serving all of you wine and coffee and tea. This is a, it might look like a fancy operation and, and I, I like to think it is, but it's still a small business. <laughs> and we are scrapping away behind the scenes to make it look like it's all running very smoothly on the surface. So uh, I take it from no noise or questions or sudden pleas that everyone has a ballot. That is a good thing. Guard that ballot with your life. Do not lose it, because if you lose it, it's going to create a lot of chaos. 
Uh, you see the 12 winners and the names of their poems. The names of their poems isn't so important as their names. You get to vote for one person. Uh, so at the end of the night, you probably, maybe, maybe, not probably, you may already know who you want to vote for because you're here for one of your friends. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe wait until the, I was going to say, maybe wait until the end to vote, but that would be weird. You'd be like, here to vote for one person. You're like, you know, actually, I like that other poem better. <laughs> You don't have to tell your friend <laughs> that you change your vote. Uh, we usually ask people to wait until the end, but uh, you can just vote for whenever. But the important thing is to vote for one person, because if you vote for two people, your vote is going to be disqualified. Uh, all of you virtual guests, let's, let's welcome all of the virtual guests on Zoom. There are a ton of them tonight. I think there's over 50 people already on the Zoom, and I think we sold 70 tickets. It's a ton of people joining us from all over the country, possibly all over the world. I don't know if someone is coming in internationally. All you virtual guests are going to vote via private message to us, the host, uh, just by telling us the poet's name, and we will keep up with that throughout the night. Um, okay. I think that is basically the announcements for tonight. But if you have never attended a Brooklyn Poets Yacht before, you don't know what this is about. Every month, the second Monday of the month, we have an event called the Brooklyn Poets Yacht, which consists of a generative writing workshop in the first hour and then an open mic in the next hour and a half or so. And every month at one of those yachts, people vote for Poem of the Month. And that's how these 12 finalists appear because they have all won Poem of the Month over the course of the year. Um, we record this as a podcast. We're recording tonight. The live audience, this is a bonus podcast for all of you that have subscribed to us on iTunes already. It's probably just a fraction of you, but uh, all of you can leave tonight and subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be amazing. And rate us five stars. That would be extra amazing. Um, but uh, it's a great podcast. I enjoy listening to it every month. Um, but if you haven't attended the Yacht before, it's a great event. It's our biggest event, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, it's a $15 ticket for the workshop and the open mic. Let me tell you about a couple of events we have coming up after tonight. Um, this one coming up Wednesday is a book launch event for the poet Courtney Faye Taylor. This is a book that was published by Grey Wolf. It won the Grey Wolf Prize. Uh, in conjunction with Kaveh Khan. This is a big fucking deal. It's like one of the biggest prizes in the country. Courtney Faye Taylor is reading a book called Concentrate and we'll be here with Eugenia Lee, a Korean American poet who's one of our teachers. And this book specifically is about the murder of Latasha Harlins, which you may know about uh, the young girl who was shot by a Korean shop owner uh, in the months leading up to the LA uprisings in the early 1990s. So this is an event I've known about for a long time. It's personal to me. They're going to have a conversation about it. They're going to read your work. Uh, it's a really interesting book. Uh, that's a ticketed event, but that's Wednesday night. starts at 6. Uh, you can check out our social media or website for that information. It's on Eventbrite. Next Friday, two days after that, is a free event, our fall workshop showcase, the first of two, this one in person. That will feature students and faculty from our fall workshops. It's a big group reading. It's really cool. The teachers introduce their students personally. We're going to have a follow-up virtual event for all because we have a ton of virtual students uh, who, who don't live in New York. So that's going to be a second event coming up the following week. I'm already seeing people looking at me like, I am not going to remember any of this information. That's why we have a website. You can check out our website. Take a postcard up here if you have never looked at our website. Last but not least, our awards gala is coming up on Sunday, December 11th, 5 to 8, 5 to 8 p.m. There are still a few tickets left for that. Those tickets are a little pricey.
regular ticket. So be prepared to donate. It's a donation event. Uh, that's where we are going to recognize, for one, the winner of the Poem of the Year contest tonight, along with our other award winners, including our Robin Romeo Award winner, which is an award we give to an outstanding poet in our community who is also a loving supporter of other poets. The new Denise Bell Award, which is an award that we have um, named in honor of Denise Bell, a poet who passed away last year during COVID. Uh, during COVID, it's still going on. Um, uh, it's an award that goes to the poet with the year's best poet of the week feature, including an unpublished poem. Uh, and this year's gala honoree is Tina Chang, who is the outgoing Brooklyn Poet Laureate, uh, because she doesn't live in Brooklyn anymore. So <laughs> she told them that, and now she's quote unquote outgoing, but still great. Uh, it's still Poet Laureate in my heart. Uh, that is December 11th, 5 to 8 p.m., and you can still get tickets. I think we still have a few seats left. Okay, uh, that is enough announcements. I am excited to hear these posts tonight because, uh, man, these are some amazing poems you were going to hear tonight. Um, they've all drawn straws, so to speak. <laughs> we're going to paper for the reading order. Um, so that is how the order has been established. One little wrinkle or caveat is uh, Madeline Phillips uh, couldn't finish tonight because she got COVID, which sucks. So we're going to do something totally unique. After the first 11 people who are interested, we are going to take about a five-minute break to set up the projector here, the screen here, and project Madeline so you can all hear her too, and you can vote for her as well. All right, so there are 11 people here, flesh and wound person here virtually. So Madeline will go last, but the other ones have all drawn straws for the order. Um, they've each given me a little bit of information to share during my intros to make my job a little easier. So you're going to hear little snippets about each of them that follow the same template. Our first reader tonight is Morgan Boyle. Let's give her a round of applause. Morgan Boyle is from Lincoln, Nebraska. That's where she was born. One thing she loved about 2022 she said there was not a lot to love about this last year, which is certainly true. I guess in some ways the chaos was interesting. What's one thing she's looking forward to in 2023? My foot will no longer be broken and I can dance again. And why is the poem she's reading tonight important to her? It's a poem about my best friend and the worst night. Give a warm welcome to Morgan Boyle. Is that good? Is that good? Yeah? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, so, uh, yeah. I wrote you a poem about cockroaches, and I'm sorry that you are dead now. You're dead, and I am bad at emotion, so I'm gonna write a poem about cockroaches. You're dead, and I'm bad at emotion, so I'm gonna write a poem about cockroaches. You're dead, and I'm bad at emotion. I am bad at emotion. I am bad at emotion. You're dead and I'm gonna write a poem about cockroaches. The first thing my eyes regretted seeing. You chose to be dead, so here's a poem about cockroaches. I see them in all the places they are not. I am not, I don't see them, they aren't. 
there. I do see them. I saw you there. I am haunted by you being there, unable to enter your apartment again because there you were. God, I loved your apartment. And to think it's only going to be the priest setting foot in there. Somebody call the priest. They're classifying your death as violent. In there with the priest and what's left of you is the rooms and the cockroaches you didn't have. There are the ragged left behinds of the violence and there will be a lack of me. A lack of me in your apartment where I cannot go again after last seeing you there. I choose to expedite the cockroaches that aren't there. Have you seen the time I've got on my hands? Are they from where they aren't so that even if they weren't there, they most definitely aren't there, will not be there. You aren't here. I cannot convince myself that you are here in the way that I can with the cockroaches. Are you in the cockroaches? Are you behind the fridge under the stove? Once I woke up and swore you and they were there under my bed all dead, but there weren't even cockroaches. Just a suitcase that you never saw on a trip we never took and crest I was alone. I've been alone. I've been full of people every day. I am scared of dealing with the loneliness that you left. Do you know how alone I am? I feel nothing for the cockroaches that they don't feel not lonely. I am lonely within the city that you left wherein we were everywhere. I am haunted by the city you built me. The city you built me. Full of cockroaches, full of cockroaches and lacking you. I am a little bitch and I am lonely. Here are my hands, hold them cold. Here is my hair, bleach it down. I want to shine for you in the ways you do and all the photos I have, I hold, I paste up next to my work desk. No one who uses that space should know that you once existed and that you were my best friend who made fun of me for my silly little fear of cockroaches, my big fear of cockroaches. You saw the big cockroaches once and told me you got the fear. I felt validated. We ate macaroni and cheese. It was the day after your last birthday and fuck you. This is still a poem about cockroaches. But I've got a fear of you now, a fear of you in the way that I last saw you now. A fear of the dark and your hallway and your bathroom and the way legs can be laid down. When you moved into that apartment, I smoked a cigarette across the street. I never knew that someday I'd lay screaming into that pavement. If I ever see the cockroaches, for real, for real, I'll be up all the night thinking of you. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. That was amazing. A uh, little advance notice about something happening January 27th, our next Friday Night Open 2023. Morgan Boyle will be one of the two features. So if you like what you heard, you can come back for that. Our second reader of the evening is Bridget Duffy. Uh, Bridget Duffy is from Chicago. One thing Bridget loved about 2022 she adopted a one-eyed kitten, bringing her total number of horrible cats to three. Not sure why they're horrible. <laughs> Maybe like my cat Frankie, they're peeing everywhere. 
One thing Morgan's looking forward to in 20, or sorry, not Morgan, one thing Bridget is looking forward to in 2023, uh, she'll finish her master's in library of science and archives management, very cool. And the poem that she is reading tonight is important to her because it's a love letter to life and to Brooklyn. Give it up for Bridget Duffy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Pornography Tree, with thanks to Edna. My neighbor died. They pulled out the innards of his apartment and put them on the sidewalk. Couches and magazines and shopping bags inside shopping bags. We picked through them that week before the rains come, choosing what seems worth saving, harvesting beauty where it grows. Myself, I take a shoe rack. On trash day, the garbage men haul it all away, leaving behind only a pile of VHS tapes. He was a collector, it seems. The women of Sex Bazaar and Dirty Wives and Pulp Friction. All perms and garters glare up at us from their resting place on the pavement, growing more and more damp as we walk hastily past them. Dead man's collection seeming especially improper until one morning we wake to find they've been disemboweled, clamshells smashed, tape ripped out and draped like tinsel over the branches of our dinky street-side sweet gum. Easter was weeks ago now, but the church bell doesn't seem to know and still asks on Sundays, was I there when they crucified my Lord? Was I there when they nailed him to the tree? When he lights the machine shaft next door, I can read faint, joyful graffiti. Fuck balls. Anus. Nice apartment suck ass. These days, where does beauty grow? The bread line wraps around the block. I call my father and tell him how much I paid for rice at the market this week. He laughs says thems that were eating beef are eating chicken, and thems that were eating chicken are eating beans. I'm a vegetarian. A pink, veiny baby falls from its nest. Someone, I don't know who, stomps it to death and leaves it there for the rest of us to mourn. Its one intact eye seems still to stare. We step over the mess and pray for more rain. It comes, bursting through ceilings, seeping through window seams. We're caught in clogs and suede and best suits after mass, weighed in up to our waists, cursing an ever-expanding flood zone, steadying ourselves on drowned sedans, pretending to see the little pale hands reaching out from the sewer grate or pieces of crushed baby grackle floating on the surface of that black, black water. 
where, where does beauty grow? We pluck it from the places we can. A hot cup of coffee, a friendly stray cat, landlord beige chipping away in the hall closet to reveal a cheery green blue, light squeezing through the brutalistic cracks in the county hospital, built in the 60s and ugly on purpose. Laundromats at night. I reach up my hand and I eat of the fruit of the pornography tree. And it is sweet, so very, very sweet. Thank you. All right, thank you. Love that title. <laughs> and when you read that on Zoom, I would expect one kind of poem and got a much deeper <laughs> poem, which was good, <laughs> I would say. Our next poet of the evening is Stephanie New. Stephanie is from Marietta, Georgia. One thing Stephanie loved about 2022, getting to meet lots of creative people and spending more time in Brooklyn. One thing Stephanie is looking forward to in 2023, spending more time in nature. I don't know why you'd want to do that. What's so great about nature? And the poem is important to Stephanie that she's reading tonight because it tries to make music out of an everyday dilemma. Give it up for Stephanie New. Hello. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and this poem is called Garbage Boogie. Is it bad that in a crash of trash down the chute, I hear music? The sound of hollow boxes and old bottles of booze lulls me, confused, into its groove. I have trash guilt. I'm culpable. Though I compost and sort my recyclables, I know that no amount of used glass can amount to real absolution. My friends suggest we throw it into space as the solution. My date's dad is a psycho recycler. I remember as I pass a strange fragrant can. He sorts everything, the chopsticks and the wrapper separately bagged. We can't all be like him. The system can't need us to be superhuman. Of course, I toss my takeout containers without rinsing the grease first. What am I if not a glutton for convenience? Waste is easy as moldy tomatoes tossed in the bin. I discard what I can't carry. Cheap furniture, responsibility, the ambitious bag of bacteria for kombucha never brewed, still fizzing miraculously. I empty myself gladly. Trash knows. It barrels into a bulge shows off the ways we still overflow with hunger, so much hunger with nowhere to go. Thank you. All right, thank you, Stephanie. Oh, I'm enjoying myself already, I hope you are. Our next poet of the evening is our old friend, Bonnie Belay. Bonnie Belay was born in Manhattan but she's a Brooklyn girl. She loved finishing her chapbook with Eugenia Lee. She took a workshop with Eugenia in 2022, which uh, has kicked around for so many years. In 2023, Bonnie is looking forward to the end of winter. Uh, I guess like permanently <laughs> or just for this season. 
And she's also looking to her 76th birthday. So let's give Bonnie an early birthday round of applause. That's great. I was born in 76, so I'm partial to that, that number. And uh, the book she's reading tonight is important to her because she's been working and reworking it for years. It's one of her favorites, and it was nominated for a Pushcart Prize. So it's got that pre-seal of approval for all of you. Give it up for Bonnie Belay. actually sometimes use a walker. I hate it though. Um, okay. A lot of faces out there. Fall winter diary. Okay. Ah. One, late August, sky fall blue. Summer starts to expire. We eat at a French bistro, blocks from home. Order an omelet and you order a French grilled cheese. Emblems of privilege. Any block in Brooklyn could be in a foreign country. Costco could be off a highway in Mexico. Deep Brooklyn could be a dream you can't remember when you wake up. <laughs> the dog sits at, the, at our barks and turns the table over. Two, cherries ended weeks ago. Peaches over mid-September. Waiting for next year feels like hardship. I brought my first so fruit soft. I didn't believe it would ripen in my kitchen. There were months not working, years traveling, making nothing accomplished, but I saw some of the world, and the world is spectacular. My recipes came from a single James Beard paperback. I still think, what's the best I can do and eat dinner? The least I can do and eat dinner. This is printed in blue ink and it's hard to read. <laughs> Our printer wouldn't work this morning. Three, a few crimson leaves in the tupelo, pokeweed berries, deep purple, bright crimson stems, apples at every stall in the farmer's market. Cool air opens the senses. Everything changes. I don't want change. Life different at every moment. Just when I settle in, a friend dies. Another in the hospital for the fifth time. Four. Claudastra lutea turns yellow. Aster's purple. We walk the dog who tries to sit at every bench because yesterday we sat at a bench. He's very opinionated. <laughs> he takes comfort from the sameness of life, from knowing at every point the direction home. I want to take a turn to walk on sun-shattered streets, to eat food bragging of spice. Five. I've lived on the top of the hill for 30 years. I walk down every day under the little leaf lindens, Kentucky coffee trees, brownstones on either side of the street. 
I speak to neighbors I've known for decades, watch young mothers with strollers, dogs, groceries, fight their way uphill. I walk to the corner to buy bananas. I walk to the gym, get on the subway and try to break the hard patterns of my life. I would love to go outside my confines, but subway stairs are difficult. Six, mid-October, garden annuals stand at attention, flowers ravishing, first frost only weeks away. The garden insists on its beauty, demands the admiring eye. On warm days, I sit feeling the joy of grace freely given. Seven, dreadful daylight savings, dark before five. Bare trees, limbs, leap in the air. Leaves fall by the millions, cold and more cold. Fluffy jackets, gloves, never two the same. Euphorbia diamond frost collapses in the window boxes. Begonias, begonia flowers blacken, but the world glows. Sky, but the <laughs> but the cold sky glows in sunset. Seven. Drive to Bush Terminal on one side abundant factory buildings, abandoned factory buildings. To the East New Yorkers, New York Harbor, we came to see the sunset, walk into the fierce sun, sitting low in the sky, loop around the park. We've misjudged, too cold to make another loop, we drive home, the sun setting without us. Nine, trees around the meadow, are stripped. In the woodlot, the wind is weaker. Yellow maple leaves sparkle, unwilling to let go. Exiles says her body is breaking apart. She's depressed. I tell her she's over 70, and that's the way it is. <laughs> I call back to say sorry. I feel every wrinkle in my ruined skin, curse every age spot on my face. Death sits in the dark waving at me. 10. We leave the city in a snowstorm, the air dense with snow. Brooklyn still not visible from the Brooklyn Bridge. Ah. Bonnie Belay. I haven't heard Bonnie read in person for for years now, so that was really a treat. Um, okay, we are a third of the way through. I said third of the way through, and I was looking for number three. That's not what I'm supposed to be looking for. I'm supposed to be looking for number five. Our fifth reader of the evening. Just making sure I'm getting this right. Fifth reader of the evening is Jesse Edwards. See, Edwards is originally from New Zealand, the only New Zealand poet reading tonight. She's been living in Brooklyn since 2016. One thing Jesse loved about 2022, being some 
poetry friends and sharing supportive messages and silly poetry means and making plans that rarely eventuate. One thing Jesse's looking forward to in 2023, I haven't seen my family in New Zealand since 2020. That's a long time. I'm looking forward to getting back to see them and hopefully have some visits here. Why is the poem you're reading important to you? Jesse says the poem recalls a vulnerable time in teenage life. It is important to me because it sends love and acceptance to 16 year old me. And that self definitely needs that and celebrates the resilience of young women in community. Give it up for Jesse Edwards. Thanks for being here, everyone, and thank you to my family in New Zealand who's tuning in tonight. Yes. Um, Self-Portrait in the School Art House, 2006. A sanctuary for lost kids, run-down cottage in a shaded corner of private school grounds. Body odor, hot breath of teenage girls, decades of condensation baked into foggy windows. Jen's dad was an alcoholic. Maddie was the less loved twin. Anita's sister died. Mum left. I don't know why. We all had ink splatters on our shirts, paint crusted in the thick knit sleeves of our sweaters. A club for kids who didn't want to be at school but didn't have anywhere else to go. We painted, somewhat. More so, we were together. I, resident DJ, brought my flip book of CDs played the flaming lips on repeat. Do you realize that happiness makes you cry? That everyone you know someday will die? Charlotte was dying. She made collages painted over in weeping watercolors, skeletons and self-harm. Started school midway through the semester, knew too about moving quickly and for mysterious reasons. The first time I saw her, she wore a beret, Victorian collar, rosebud lips on a blanched sky. The last time I saw her was in my imagination. After girls spread rumor, she had a gangbang at her house. I asked Miss Ray if what was important was the idea or the execution. I slapped muddy oils on the canvas with two large brushes, made sloppy washes that dribbled off the frame. Sexually, politically curious, I depicted large, naked women on billboards of cityscapes, bellies spilling into offices, legs dangling over passing trains, buildings in impasto like Wayne Tebow cakes, lickable like icing on canvas. I was inspired by Barbara Kruger. You are not yourself. You will not pass with this, Miss Ray said. She favored Lauren, the girl who did delicate oil paintings of horses with tiny brushes. We didn't all have the gift of precision. I hit repeat on the CD player. Do you realize that you have the most beautiful face? Do you realize we're floating in space? Okay. Thank you, Jesse. Man, that Flaming Lips album, that's a blast from the past. Love that album. But it reminds me of living in Missouri when I lived, when that's, when I, that's where I lived when I listened to that album. And uh, that is not a good memory. <laughs> so uh, anyway, thanks for that, Jesse. 
Um, our next reader of the evening, number six, is Yumiko Gonzalez. Got a crew here, apparently. Yumiko Gonzalez was born in Guadalajara, Mexico, and is of Japanese and Mexican ancestry. Cool. 2022 has brought her a deepened sense of gratitude for all her kin, blood and otherwise. In 2023, she looks forward to continuing to learn how to show up for people and communities that she loves. And the poem she's reading tonight is important to her because it's a humble remembering and homage to those who have come before her. Give it up for Yumiko Gonzalez. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. The poem I'm bringing today meditates on diaspora and how watery senses of home start to feel after generations of migration. I myself come here today after three generations of people leaving their home in search of something better, by which I mean somewhere to live. My poem is titled, Ray asks how I feel about the body as home, and I give them eight responses. And special thanks to Rain Fox. One. My home is my body, rests in my body is my home. Homes left, found, built, left, stay, please. Someone always begs. The one who didn't stay recounts, tells stories of bodies, of homes. In flight, quick, scaffold our bones, climb, reach over, higher and higher, now west. Not yours, theirs, so your east. Run. South, north, south, north, south, north. Stop. Mind the border, which cuts these two stolen lands. Listen. The white man is speaking, and he says south and south again. And we are trying to stay for as long as we can, which can only mean just for now. Here. Never. Two. Yumiko Gonzalez Ueda Rios Garcia. Que no entiendes? This body you carry is our third attempt to get the body, to get the home, to get the papers, to say it's so, to say it's home. A prayer wrapped inside a dream, to have in our hands an envelope, not from grass, but from night sky. Three. My mother, an immigrant, her spouse, an immigrant, my father, his mother, an immigrant, her father, an immigrant, and me, an immigrant too. Hold still, parent begs child, before child flees, because mother knows best, and we saw her flee too. Four, how many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? One body, two body, my body, unwrapped, chewed, made in the factory of leaving behind, of fingering unfamiliar soil, scraping maize from the earth. Five, how many licks to get to original loss? I lost my grandfather's nose when I dove toward the edge of a pool, like the Pacific is a pool where my great-grandfather loses his father, knows only stories of stories from then on, stories that grow in place of my grandmother's grandmother. I watched them unfold from her mouth, 
that was all she had. This is all I have. Stories to peel back, to lick, one by one. Six, how many licks to get to you? The ones who shouldn't ask, ask me. Probing eyes, and me, the people I ask, the ones who could tell me, bite. Seven, how many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know, the white owl tells me. And when my worst fear comes true, and my body is all that is left of our bodies, no one will have ever cared, he coos. Eight, I want to refuse this story. When he starts to count, one, two, I sink my teeth into his neck. I run my tongue along my forearm once, twice, three times, and reveal centuries of bones, of veins, of ligaments. They're trailing home where it all begins and doesn't end. It goes on and on and on with us, our homebody. Thank you. Excellent work. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, what a pleasure to hear these poems again. Uh, I was teaching my drop-in class, and that was yesterday. It seems like a week ago. Um, and uh, we were talking about, I can't remember the poem was those. Oh, we were reading a poem by Lee Herrick, one of my favorite poets, a Korean American poet, and uh, read the poem out loud and realized that there was a line in it that was like completely stunning, but I had just like never noticed it before. And it just when you reread poems, you realize how much you miss, like in general, you know, I'd probably read that poem 50 times and never really noticed uh, how amazing this one line was. So uh, it's great to hear the poems again, is what I'm saying, because uh, you really uh, experience them more in full, certainly not completely. I feel like we're getting about 30% of why these poems are amazing. So if we could only get the full percent at some point in our lives, but Maybe we have to die for that to happen. <laughs> Sorry to make it morbid. Uh, we're on to reader number seven. Our seventh finalist tonight is Preeti Shah. Preeti makes her home in Somerset, New Jersey. She loved 2022 because of the communities she found that offered her balance and structure, two very important things. 2023, she's looking forward to quality time with loved ones and being more proactive in a nurturing community. And the poem she's reading tonight is important because of voices she overheard of patients in the seven years that she practiced in physical therapy. Please give a warm welcome to Preeti Shah. Thank you all for being here. Silenced. Thank you, but I don't need to be here. I did therapy before. I used to run marathons. I used to be in the army. I'll do it because you're such a pretty lady. Can you be my girlfriend? I'm divorced. Are you married? Do you want to marry me? Don't get old. Do what makes you happy. Could you get me water? Could you put some cream on me? Push my belly so I can pee. Help me, I fell. Help me, I gotta pee. Can you wipe me? Can you wipe my behind? I can't reach. Help me, I miss my mom. 
You look like my daughter. Can I pay you for food at the cafeteria? Take me to the cafe so I can buy a bag of Cheetos. Take me outside. I'm sick of being with all these other sick people. All of these other people are crazy or old. I don't know why they put me here. Do you speak English? Where's your accent from? Take me outside for a smoke. Can you give me my dolly? They won't let me meet my husband. They won't give me my lunch. They won't let me go outside. I want to die. I want to die. Don't get old. At night, she hits me. He's so rough when he moves me. They never visit me anymore. I used to be a pianist. I used to be an actor. I used to watch young women bend over so I could see up their skirts. I used to be beautiful. Now I'm ugly. I look so different since I've come here. Give me my wig. Give me my reacher. Give me my cane. Give me my walker. Give me my red lipstick. Can you get wipes for me? Can you get some more pillows for me? Can you get me more blankets? It's so cold in here. Can you warm up my food? Can you give me more toilet paper? Can you give me my urinal? Don't get old. I never signed up for this. I'm not crazy. I can handle myself. They don't give me food. Someone get me my lozenge. Can I pay you for therapy once I go home? The doctor never came. Help me. I want to go home. I know what to do. I don't need your help. I don't know why I'm here. I will call the nurse. I will call the doctor. I will call the police. I will call my children. I will call my wife. I don't need therapy. This is bullshit. My pain is 10 out of 10. Help. Can someone hear me? Help. I hate this doctor. He purposely left the cancer in me. I hate this fucking place. Everyone here is a sadist. If you ask me to do therapy one more time, I will punch you in the face. I don't want therapy. You people are stealing my money. I hate women. I hate men. I hate you people. Go back to your country. Don't you people wear a dot on your forehead? Where's your dot? You people are taking our jobs. I'm not a racist. I just don't like you. I'm not a racist. I just hate how my neighborhood has changed since I was a kid. I'm not a racist. I just prefer he doesn't come in my room when I'm alone. This is the worst place in the whole fucking world. I heard they purposely spit in the food. I saw a nurse eat somebody's meal. Why is everyone here not listening to me? I want to go home. I need pain meds. I need to talk to my social worker. I need to talk to my POA. My son is a lawyer. My kids use me for their inheritance. I'm divorced. I have no one but my pet. My kids aren't getting a cent. My kids never visit. My pet died. My husband died. I used to hold his hand every night in bed. My wife died and I will never find another woman like her. I don't want to die. I don't want to die alone. I'm scared to die. Don't leave me. I haven't talked to my kids for years. Did you hear the screams last night? I'm screaming, help. No one ever comes. Please, I'm in pain. Help. I heard a patient hung themselves using their call bell. I heard a nurse push the patient over the bed and killed them. I wish my kids would visit. I wish I lived my life differently. I wish I could go home one more time. I wish I could see the fall leaves. I wish I could walk my daughter down the aisle. I wish I could step barefoot in the grass. I wish I could go to my best friend's funeral. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could hold snow. Thank you.
uh yeah that was that was amazing thank you preachy try not to say too much after each i don't want to influence y'all but uh damn this is gonna be hard i'm not gonna lie it's gonna be hard to vote unless you're like here with like a romantic partner or friend <laughs> which case you're pretty much obligated to vote for them but uh, again like i said they don't they don't know who you're voting for unless they look at your ballot while you're filling it out in which case you might have an argument later okay we're on to our uh eighth reader getting to the final third here if my math is correct lily perry is their next reader <laughs> lily lily is from upstate new york now based in brooklyn in 2022, one thing she loved about 2022, she loved becoming a certified lactation counselor, and uh, she can't stop talking about milk now, apparently. Uh, in 2023, Lily is looking forward to organizing a DIY writer's retreat with some creative loved ones, and uh, her poem, Ode to Seventh Grade, which she's going to read tonight, is important to her because she believes that the power of preteen friendship deserves to be investigated, documented, and celebrated. I agree with that. Give it up for Lily Perry. Thank you so much. This is a poem. There we go. <laughs> this is a poem about middle school. It was the year we got detention for making eye contact so often. Mrs. D couldn't stand it. The way she'd speak one word in our eyes would flit up from our desks at the same exact time. We couldn't help. Every ordinary thing sent us tumbling through a portal into our shared world. Something in the bar graph, the word problem, or the squeak of a chair made it impossible to resist acknowledging our private mythology. We were best friends, meaning the whole of the cosmos was our inside joke. So Mrs. D said we couldn't look at each other anymore. We added our minds to the our minds to the list of body parts that others found distracting. There were so many silent things we were punished for. You showed me how to make a voodoo doll in our teacher's image. She was right to be scared. Of the invisible girl thoughts swirling palpably through the ether. It was the year all the girls carried purses to and from the bathroom. Yours was an elegant polka dot in black and white. Mine a dreamy green sequin number from Claire's. The idea was to fill it with pads and tampons, an extra pair of underwear. The idea was to be ready, to be subtle, to create an air of mystery among our co-ed peers. In my book about puberty, we marked our perceived breast growth across the page with a number two pencil, the way a family tracks on a jam. We took off our clothes and compared ourselves to the illustrations we'd say, you look like this one, as we did math in the margins. Breast buds plus two years meant our periods should be coming. You changed first, as you always had, by a season. You left school early that day, and when I called you, you were crying. It scared me. The way getting older hadn't felt like we'd imagined. 
It was the year your parents accused me of exposing you to atheism. We went to the computer lab and Googled meaning of life. We Googled what is humanism? I refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, but God, I loved sitting next to you in homeroom. You draw on my skin with pen while we sorted out the world into things we believed in and things we didn't. We each wanted to be a good person. It was an election year. Mackenzie R. started a rumor that my parents believed in killing babies, so my parents said her parents must believe in killing innocent civilians, and we agree that my crush looked like the painting of Franklin Pierce hanging on the U.S. president's wall of our social studies classroom. Not to be dramatic, but I would have died for you at every age I've been since we met. I would have gone anywhere with you. Hell even. You believed in that. I believed in you, so I wasn't really worried about the rest of it. Thank you. Okay, good stuff. Well, Jesse's poem reminded me of Missouri. Lily's Perry reminded me of Lily's poem reminded me of seventh grade. It's equally bad memory. <laughs> so thank you for that. Luckily, that was in Ohio, not Missouri. Ohio's not really that much better than Missouri, but uh, Cleveland has sports at least. Uh, I guess Missouri has sports too, but I don't care about Missouri sports because <laughs> I grew up with Ohio sports suffering. Okay, man, how about that U.S. men's national team? What a flop. I mean, I say that with all my affection, but man, what a letdown today. I was all excited. got up. And I was got home late last night. I'm like, oh, I got to get up. It's like I woke up at 9.30. It was like half an hour is game time. No, it just sucked. <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, we are on to our final four readers of the evening. I'm trying to find number nine. Here we are. Our next reader is Cassidy Gabriel. And uh, did they leave you their ballots or did they just leave? <laughs> okay, well, they don't have to vote. Um, I hope Cassidy's mom made it on Zoom. Uh, Okay, great. Hi, Cassidy's mom. We're glad you could make it. We had to do some things to make that happen, but we're, we're happy you're here virtually. Cassidy Gabriel is from New Jersey. Uh, one thing she loved about 2022, the amount of time she was able to spend around the, uh, the love of family and friends. And if she says 144 Montague, which is our address. Thank you for that, Cassidy. One thing she's looking forward to in 2023, more writing, and she's moving, so new places and experiences generally. And the poem that she's reading tonight is important to her because she says, I really appreciated the malleability of this poem. The meaning has shifted a lot for me over time. And this poem oddly seems to have grown with me and become more resonant through a lot of change and hardship over the course of the past few months since I wrote it in February. It's been a hard poem for me and also a really important one that I am proud of. Give it up for Cassidy Gabriel. Thanks for being here. Okay. Requiem. 
after Ashley M. Jones. One, the father, the son, and the ultimatum. The girl is forever rearranging these, adding and subtracting them from how she sees herself. In the foreground of a Manhattan summer, a sadness plays out in careful movements. I stand there at the edge of English, mouth twisted into a helix. There is blood in my ears. There's no reception out here. My eyes look at the loss for the both of us, heavy thing. Today, I am nice, the way a hand is dominant. I want to be something geographical to you, complete with the vastness and the elevation and the requirement of a map. Everyone in New York is trying so hard to be anything but what they are in the soft inside of their cheek. In this poem, they carve an entire duck for our grief. Two, the way a girl is always less than depending, the way a girl finds herself subtracted, the way I cannot look at the thing squarely and believe in its thereness, and so I make a home above it and through it. If I were a forgiven woman, if I were, a forgiven woman would put the light into deep pockets. In the beginning, the man ate the light and the light was good and the woman bled for it. The woman is dead, but imagine if it were pretty, if it were nice or could be called nice, if it could be called living just because it tried, if a life could be enough, if it could predict its own radius from birth and gather the rest of the living around the apex, if the apex, like most other things, could reflect the way a body works itself into efficient non-existence, mortar and pestle body, ground to light, a halo in and a halo out. It wants just one eye or one knee or one tooth. There is too much unsaid. At this juncture, I can declare that I am most similar to the ocean, if I had to confirm the thereness and the likeness. This is to say lacking vernacular, a thing that has pupils, but promises nothing warmer than that. I cannot stop putting my ear to the underside of the thing, waiting for you to fill it. I would be an old woman and round from missing you, lest we forget. Thank you. Right, wow. Always good, Cassidy Gabriel. It's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to vote, y'all. Not gonna lie. I've already said that, but it's still true. <laughs> We've got three readers left. We've got two readers left in, in person, and then we are gonna set up for our final reader virtually. Our next reader is Jasmine Pyrrhic. Jasmine Pyrrhic was born and raised in Southern California. Sunshine, forest, and ocean are in my bones, she says, but I definitely consider Brooklyn home and have the geographic knowledge of New York and the subway system to prove it. I'm not sure like everyone put in like the Brooklyn stuff because they thought like I would like that more. <laughs> like, I personally, I don't even live in Brooklyn anymore, but, which is funny, I mean, I've just noticed that. It's like, everyone's like, oh, but like, I do love Brooklyn too. They all added that at some point. Uh, one thing that Jasmine loved about 2022, this was the first year I felt centered as an artist more than a facilitator, both with the Poem of the Month win and with my first group show for printmaking, I felt seen from my work. That was fascinating. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. One thing Jasmine's looking forward to in 2023, going somewhere warm for her 30th birthday in February. Happy birthday to you, too. Escaping the winter. <laughs> you and Bonnie should hang out afterward. Suggestions welcome. Uh, the poem that Jasmine is reading tonight is important to her because she says, I wrote this poem sitting in my own grief around my mother's illness and the fact that I will eventually lose her 
It's an attempt at a snapshot of prayer to remember her by. Give it up for Jasmine Pyrrhic. All right, uh, thanks y'all. And hi to mom and grandma in California. They're on Zoom. Uh, this poem is called, What I Will Remember About My Mother. That she always ordered the large ice cream and never finished it. How I knew this, so I'd get a small and plan to help her. How she was never bothered when the cool cream dripped onto her hand as she extended her cup to me. That one of her favorite things to do was shop. Flowers or a flowering floor-length dress or heeled patchwork boots just because. That on holidays, she liked to think more about how the table would be set than what would be served. Or mismatched glasses, large goblets for wine, pale pink plates. Will you hang these ornaments from the chandelier, she'd squeal, and disappear into her bedroom, back to the heaping piles of jeans, which wash to give which daughter. How last Christmas, we made salt and flower ornaments like we did when I was a kid. How my favorite part of the week was when her and I sat for six hours at least, painting hand-formed candy canes, wreaths, and stars. How all my ornaments were neatly painted with the smallest brush in the expected red, green, gold, and occasional blues. How hers were chaotic and covered in sequins, of hot glue on her hands and on a big heart she made for her mother. How after I made a comment about hers being much more artful and interesting, she invited me to make a gingerbread girl to match the boy who she was painting pinstripe pants for. How I glued a peacock feather in her gingerbread hair and made eyelashes so long we later referred to her as the drag gingerbread queen as she hung with her mate, the stars of our tree. That she loved to dance and would dance anywhere with anyone, shimmying her hips, chin dipped, eyes locked with a stranger on a Brooklyn block when she was out for a visit, or down the aisle of the grocery store, giggling with a grandchild, dressed up as pirates on a random May afternoon, or at a bar, definitely with live music playing and dirty martinis flowing. She'd throw me in spin after spin, encouraging me to get loose. She always wanted to be the leader that she loved garage sales. It didn't matter who she was with or where they were going, to a baseball game or graduation. If there was a big neon sign, she'd whip that car around, even if she wasn't the one driving. How she was in it for the thrill of the negotiation, the push and pull, how much she liked to win. That she was never afraid to put paint on the wall, that she believed no plan was the best plan of all. That she'd rearranged house often and with great enthusiasm well into the afternoon running on a meadow smoothie only her oversized overalls never fastened on her shoulders barely hanging on to her slim hips she'd holler as i walked through the front door with towels shoved underneath you can move just about any piece of furniture on your own pushing a nine foot rust velvet couch across the wood floor how after I got my very first apartment of my own and moved all the furniture up four flights of stairs with the help of a couple of friends, later putting towels under the legs of a baby blue early 1900s hutch and cobalt velvet couch to rearrange them again and again, I came home one day after work and she'd moved every single thing. 
Even the bouquet of dried lavender that Libby gave me that I'd hung on the door had found a new home on the coffee table. How she stood in the center of the living room I didn't recognize, beaming. Look what I did. How I tried to take it in, how I had to walk into the bedroom to hide my tears, how I didn't want her to know how bad it hurt me, how I didn't want it to hurt me, how she could tell immediately, how she followed me, how she apologized and told me we could put it all back right then. The look on her face when she said, I was only playing. I will remember her forearms, their veins like her father's. How as a kid, sitting on the rug, I watched her get dressed for work, prancing back and forth from her room to the floor-length mirror in the hallway, swapping out suit jackets, silk shirts and skirts, the sinews of her calf extra pronounced in heels, how lean, how strong, her knobbed knuckles, our right middle fingers bearing matching calluses, how we hold a pen the same. I will remember that she didn't buy into coincidence, Things were serendipitous and meant to teach us a lesson. An intimate conversation with the insurance lady, the UPS driver, the person she was buying a used car from, these interactions were her lifeblood. I will remember the breathy quality of her voice as she sang along to Stevie Wonder while playing gin rummy with my dad and I, how she hated discarding and would take her time, how she grabbed any face card just to have it, talking shit the entire time. That her skin was soft and olive tanned year round, that no matter how much her body was hurting, she kept going, and that for as tiny as a woman as she was, her feet were big and brick heavy, how you could always hear her coming. I will remember that she didn't sleep much, that she had a kinship with the moon, and as such, she liked her coffee strong, mud thick, how she'd stir in big heaping spoons of honey, how she'd lick the silver clean. How growing up when I was having a bad day, she'd ask my dad, go get us a big old brownie from the bakery down the street. I will remember how badly she wanted things to be sweet. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Jasmine. We are on to our final two readers. Our penultimate reader is also our ultimate <laughs> in-person reader, our final reader. That was a little linguistic joke that was terrible, but I'm glad some of you chuckled at it. Our 11th reader of the evening is Sharon DeYoung. Sharon DeYoung is currently from Brooklyn, but LA was home for 15 years. One thing Sharon loved about 2022, getting married in the Caribbean, which sounds nice a small group of family and friends present. One thing Sharon is looking forward to in 2023, creating a writing space and a writing routine. And the poem that she's reading tonight is important to her because it's about her childhood oasis at her aunt's home in upstate New York and a very dear friend. Give it up for Sharon DeYoung. Okay, I think it's high enough, yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. Red Falls. <clears throat> the sunroom in the old farmhouse is full of dead flies. We slept on the Bambi sheets again. And we, summer cousins, tumble gravel down the driveway, blaze past the deer grazed knotted apple tree, off to Red Falls, enthralled to Inferro shed along old Route 23. 
The scent of early nostalgia, a compost of roadkill, angry itch of no sidewalk, heartless barbed grasses, fruitless attempts to capture the sinister electricity, cache of crickets, crescendo, inspecting the desiccation of sunstruck garter stakes. Our heat-fed anticipation meeting familiar roadside friends, lonesome hum of phone lines, bullet-blazed road signs, saluting truckers, roaring drive-bys, holding close to the grass line, departing embrace of warm exhaust, hearing crickets again, careful crossing the highway to the pull-off for the falls, a jumble of beat-up cars parked in a celebratory slapdash sprawl, careening down the jagged, root-wrecked path, ignoring adults who caution us not to step on glass. Explosion of children, homecoming of adults, battered coolers and wet towels, tire tubing, legs dangling, laughter, cascades. Anticipating the shock of Esopus Creek, our yearly plunge in summer heat, grasping the rock lip, minnows tickling our feet. Our gangling jump over ever new islands, a thrill with sunbear adults, braving eddies chill with six packs, warmly smooth archipelagos, mystic other world above. Navigating new rivulets, running through hard rock, comrades in discovery, parading early confidence, later loss, later lost, <clears throat> comfortable mess of sagging swimsuits, mossy pull of rocks, grotesque fascination, boundless, treacherous patchwork, tiny brown worms, heedless stimula stimulation shooting over steps of raucous waterfalls, clinging to the rock face, enthralled to the promontory, slate slab ruins, abandoned felt factory, skirting narrow crags, spindly leaning trees, grasping dangling branches, catching not to slip, skirting a litter of sharp rocks, guarding vulnerable bare feet. Not knowing the depths into which we leapt, hair lost to the air near graze of the cliff, exhilarating slap of contact, water welts, red skin, summer, sisters, hands held in our descent. Okay, thank you, Sharon. So that was uh, the first 11 poets who are here in the flesh, and we're going to take uh, like a five-minute break, but it's not a break where I want you all to go somewhere <laughs> because we have our 12th reader, Madeline Phillips, who's going to read virtually, and it really can't be like a 15-minute break. So we're going to set up the projector screen on the stage and set up the projector. So if you could just chill for five while Matt and I do our thing, uh, we'll get Madeline set up. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, we are excited. Let me get my thing to introduce Madeline one sec. <laughs> this light doesn't work anymore. Our 12th and final reader of the evening is Madeline Phillips. Madeline Phillips was born in Massachusetts and currently calls Washington Heights home. One thing that Madeline loved about 2022, finding joy in community through New York's silliest dance class. 
Dragging friends new and old there week after week to tell stories with their bodies gives me endorphins for days and has helped me fall in love with performing again. One thing Madeline is looking forward to in 2023, hopefully finding more quaint Airbnbs to stay in with her love. And last but not least, the poem that she's reading tonight is important to her because she's an only child and she says, my family dog Maisie was basically my sister. She lived for 17 years. This poem knits together some nuanced feelings about grief, home and family that I have never been able to articulate before. Give it up for Madeline Phillips. Uh, thank you for your patience, everyone. <laughs> hey. Uh, the night my dog Maisie's appetite came back, I ordered three cheeseburgers from McDonald's. The cashier's voice cracked, welcome back, before taking my order. How did he know? I hadn't been home in years. Missed the bus to Massachusetts, almost didn't make it back in time to buy her dinner. My dog sits in plastic somewhere inside my parents' house. She could be buried under a pile of cookbooks and car parts or hiding in one of the backyard Volkswagens. We napped in the blue 67 when we were small, her head on my chest, both snapped at anyone who tried to brush our hair. I miss the living loam of her, rain, dandruff, dirt, her breath in my face, fresh grass, plaque, masking tape. I chose her from a trailer park in West Virginia. Somehow we have the same nose, the one she sticks through the hole in mom's garden fence. Our little fox, mom feeds her fresh picked sugar snap peas, the same ones dad is too sad to eat on our bike ride in Truro this summer. They make him think of her when I left. Dad wore sunglasses, disguised his crying as laughter. I pretended to get the joke. Everything made him laugh that day. Maisie barks at me to stop crying. She barks and barks. I cannot stop. Once a month, I wake up this recurring dream. She visits and I forget to feed her or take her out for days. Imagine a whole weekend in New York City without dinner or sightseeing. That pimpled oracle no longer works at McDonald's. None of us know where my dog's ashes are, but tufts of her hang out in the unswept corners of our parents' house. The cobwebs, they never clear away. The bird's nest inside their AC unit. Her DNA still floats in mom's jar of bloated ticks and soap. What is she saving that for? I stay in hotel rooms over holidays, call home less and less, forget 
not to ask, how is Maisie? Consider having a child, even though all my plants are dead. Look, she is too, running away from me, dodging cars down the street. She will come back if she thinks she's chasing me. I sing to her a song for everything, one for peeing in the moonlight. One in praise of her tummy, its pinkness. One for when I cannot find her, and it's dark. It's just her name, over and over again. Thank you. All right, turn my camera uh, on so it's not weird. <laughs> Thank you, my uh, Wow, I'm so glad that worked. So much anxiety about it. Um, it's going to be tough to vote. It is now time to vote. Uh, so uh, first, for the virtual guests, some of you have started this already. You are going to privately message us the host. I guess it's the host and panelists. Uh, just text us, or not text us, message us the poet's name that you would like to vote for. Of course, you only get to vote once. All of you here in person, you should have an in-person ballot. Please vote for one poet. If you vote for more than one poet, your vote will be disqualified, unfortunately. Matt is, what, what happened? Oh, well that sucks. <laughs> Hold on a second. Can you all hear me on Zoom now? Okay. Well, you you know the instructions anyway, because you're all following them already, because you're so smart. Anyway, I just said that you should vote by private messaging us the poet's name. All of you in person, you've got your paper ballots. Matt is going to come around and pick them up section by section. Does somebody have a question in the back? I see somebody waving their hand desperately. Oh, Kira, what's up? Say that again? Oh, okay, great. So Kira will collect the ballots in the back room. Matt will collect all of these ballots in the front room. Okay. Uh, and that's just to keep everyone stationary. <laughs> so there's not a mad rush to the front. You have a question? You lost your ballot? Why did you lose your bet? How could you lose it? Where did you lose it? <laughs> All right, talk to Matt here. Okay, everyone else fill out your belt. Matt's going to come around and collect them, okay? Thank you. We're going to take probably about a 15-minute. We'll see how quickly we can count the votes, but a 15 to 20-minute break. Okay, folks, if you could take your seats again. We have completed the <laughs> stressful portion of the evening by counting ballots virtually and in person. First time we've ever done so. Uh, all of you on Zoom, we did get your votes. Uh, if you sent your chat message to host and panelists, we got it. Or to everyone, we also got it. It's just a little less anonymous, <laughs> the latter way. Um, 
we do have a winner, we're happy to report. <laughs> we also have uh, not just one runner up, but two runners up because there was a tie uh, for runners up. Yeah, I like ties. <laughs> I mean, it's in the spirit of World Cup, draws are nice. <laughs> Like the one sport, we're like, cool, we tied, we won. Um, so uh, I'm going to announce the runners-up first, uh, and then I'll announce the winner. The, the runners-up win a Brooklyn Poets t-shirt. I didn't tell you all that, but uh, if you are runners-up, you get uh, a t-shirt. Uh, our first, and uh, they won't, just the, we'll invite the winner up to give a little Academy Award-winning speech. Uh, runners up, uh, we'll just, uh, I'll just announce your names uh, and then we'll have a nice big round of applause for each of you. Our first runner up was for tonight, Madeline Phillips. Give a warm round of applause for her. What happened? Okay, it's fine. We're not projecting anymore. Thank you. You're on it, Jess Gagne. Thank you, Jess. Madeline Phillips, congratulations, uh, co-runner-up for 2022 Yacht Poem of the Year. Our second runner-up this year is Lily Perry. Give it up for Lily Perry. Congratulations. Well-deserved, both of you. <laughs> I gotta say, it was hard to choose. I'm sure uh, all of you agonized over it as well, except for magic cameras and friends and family. Uh, so, Lily, you can uh, see us at the front to claim your T-shirt at the end. And last but not least, our winner of 2022 Yacht Poem of the Year is Yumiko Gonzalez. Very well deserved. Please come up to the stage, Yumiko, and give us your acceptance speech. I'm sure you prepared one. supposed to say a speech? Can I just, you can say whatever you like. I just want to say thank you. I'm really, really thankful for the people in my life. And yeah, I just want to keep learning how I can support you and be with you. I love you so much. I know I don't say it enough. So thank you all. Thank you to my family. I love you. All right, thank you. Well, that was very sweet. Um, I feel like I should say to my family right now that I love them too. <laughs> Not that any of them are watching, but uh, uh, I'll say this. You, you got a lot of people that love you. A lot of people voted for you, uh, both online and in the room. So uh, it's good. It's good to have people that love you. Uh, but can I get one big round of applause for all of our readers tonight? Because I love all of them and they were all amazing. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your humanity. Uh, I really don't think you can, I personally don't think you can really write good poems if you're not a good human, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily mean you're like, like a goody two shoes, but like you're aware and you're present. And those are hard things to be, especially uh, these days, as we all know. Um, thank you all for being patient, uh, especially with the vote counting. Uh, it wasn't chaos. It could easily be chaos, and it wasn't. So I personally thank you for that. Um, this is the end of the year, and I say that because uh, if you're interested in buying some swag, if you're not Lily Perry, since she gets a free T-shirt, uh, this is our. We have a holiday sale going on till December seventeenth. Uh, 
all those t-shirts and totes and sweatshirts. Well, the totes are gone, sorry. <laughs> the t-shirts, sweatshirts, and onesies. We have onesies if you have a baby or know someone that has a baby. Uh, I have a baby, but uh, she's already got one. Uh, all that shit is 20% off. Uh, so if you get that tonight or online, uh, you get a 20% off. We're selling a lot of stuff again. So if you're a finalist tonight, I'm sorry to say we don't have any tote bags for you anymore. I have to order more. You can claim your tote bag for winning poem of the month in the new year. Uh, otherwise, if you want to get some swag, see my, see my friend Matt here. Uh, thank you for coming. And uh, I bid you good night. There you have it, the 2022 Yacht Poem of the Year contest, live and in person at 144 Montague Street, and also live stream via Zoom. This was the first time we have ever done the contest as a standalone event in person. Uh, last year we did it as a standalone event, but it was virtual this year. The first time in person, and also the first time, as it turns out, as a hybrid event. Uh, this is difficult for us to pull off in this space because we're not quite set up for that kind of thing. It's just not big enough. But uh, we were able to pivot at the last minute when Madeline got COVID. Uh, we're glad we could make space for her to read her poem live over Zoom. Uh, I apologize for the audio quality. Uh, it's because we had to pivot at the last minute. We couldn't get the <laughs> recording equipment set up so uh we recorded a little bit differently we actually had to use the zoom audio for the main part of the recording which isn't great but uh still basically listenable uh unless you're an audiophile your nose probably didn't wrinkle too much at some of the blips or silences that you heard uh so again we apologize for that but uh i think the poems were good enough to carry the day in the end Congrats to our runners-up for Yacht Poem of the Year, Lily Perry for her poem, Ode to Seventh Grade, and Madeline Phillips for her poem, The Night My Dog Maisie's Appetite Came Back. And congrats to our winner, Yumiko Gonzalez-Rios, for her incredible poem, Ray Asks How I Feel About the Body as Home. Uh, this poem will be featured as a Poet of the Week feature on the Broken Poets website in a couple of weeks. I'm recording this. On December 13th, that feature will come out the last week of December. And we're also going to be featuring Madeline and Lily uh, in January. So all those poems, I think, are pretty sure are previously unpublished. And so we're excited to publish those for the first time. Um, we had a yop last night, <laughs> the December yop. That was my fourth event in six days. I am running on fumes here. I'm surprised I'm even conscious to record this podcast. Uh, but that winner, which we haven't announced yet, will be the first of our 12 finalists for the 2023 Yacht Poem of the Year contest, which will be in December of 2023. I am certainly not thinking that far ahead because I am exhausted, but uh, I'm sure that contest will be just as exciting as this one. Uh, this one was fantastic. Uh, some amazing, amazing poems. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you enjoyed this bonus podcast. Uh, we have one more podcast of the year the Yawpcast for the December Yawp that was last night. I'll be recording and editing that in a couple of weeks. And then hopefully I will just be, you know, drinking old fashions <laughs> like five a day until the new year. Uh, thanks again for listening. I am your host and MC, Jason Koo. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. 
to listen to the Offcast every month. If you like what you heard, please rate us five stars and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, helps more people find these amazing poets. Thanks again. We will catch you later next time.